1: You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, episode number 230, Madman, part 11. And hey, I'm going to spoil the crap out of this book. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven and uh yeah, I don't want to beat around the bush because frankly I'm kind of lazy and the idea of beating around the bush that sounds like a lot of work. Especially, you know, I I suppose it depends on the size of the bush. If it's a if it's a big leafy piece of shrubbery, you know, cuz you get some of those hedgerows, that's considered a bush, right? And they go all the way around houses. Not beating around that bush. I think the point I'm trying to get out here folks is I'm trying to get to the to the crux to the to the meat to the the main topic of conversation today on our podcast well my podcast it's not your podcast I mean you can consider it your All right I'm going to stop. Today we're talking about Madman Comics issue number 5. This is the third Madman series of comics that were written and created by Mike Allred his lovely wife Laura also provides colors. But he writes it. He he does all the art stuff. He draws the thing and he inks it. And then Laura comes in and makes it look even better with her bright, lovely colors. This particular issue was published by Dark Horse in January of nineteen ninety-five. And uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, folks, it's not one of my favorite issues. I'll let. I mean, it was it was fun. I had a fun time with it. We'll talk about it here in a second. But we have officially reached that point in my madman reread where i don't really remember a lot of what's happening here this story was was slightly familiar and yet still brand new a, a lot of it i kind of figured out what was going to happen before it ended because it is a slight mystery but still it's been so long since i've read this issue that a lot of it was was felt fairly new to me we have not yet Hit that part in the series when I stopped reading because I couldn't afford to buy comics anymore. But it's like I went into this issue fairly fresh. So the title of this issue is "Comes the Blast." And Madman Frank Frank Einstein, the Madman of Snap City, he has been dreaming about his own death. I don't remember how many it far how far back within the series this goes. This is issue number five. We may have seen some of this. From the start with issue number one in this third series, but I, I honestly don't remember. I do know that in previous issues he has been dreaming about his own death, and what he keeps seeing is a dude with like a helmet on that covers the guy's eyes, and the air, the the helmet's got a big arrow on the top of it, and there's wires coming out of the air the 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 helmet, and they connect to a vest. That the dude is wearing, and, and the wires are kind of wrapped around him in various places, and he basically has eye beams shooting out of this helmet, and they are blasting a hole through Frank's chest. And we get on the very first page of this issue, we get Madman face front with a big hole in his chest that is all burnt and melty, and we can see through the big hole because it it's most of his chest. And we can see through the hole. We can see the man in the helmet with the arrow on it. And there's smoke coming from the glowing yellow eyes of the helmet. And Frank, who narrates all of these stories and going all the way back to the first series, you get the sense that they don't, they don't point it out as much in this series, but the narration that you're getting is actually him writing in his journal. And this first page says it's a splash page. I dream again and again of my future death. I dream of funerals. I dream of the man who makes it happen. And that's what's going on in this page. But then when we turn the page, we take up with a different story. We are on a place that they refer to in this book as the Wee Isles. And uh, basically, Ireland, I would assume, they don't really uh, come right out and say it. But we meet a man by the name of Mick Monahan, and we are told that he is a terrorist. He's walking the streets, and he meets a dude who uh, apparently he was there to meet. The guy gives him a package, and he says, at the end of the third alley, you'll see the mark. Simply go in the basement and leave the package. Sounds pretty simple. So Mick goes heading off into the town. He finds the building. It's got a mark on it. He goes into the building. He places the package on on the floor in the basement. And as he's leaving the building... There are some children he sees in a window of the building looking outside. And we learn that this is a a home for the for blind children. Basically, Mick realizes that he has made a mistake. But before he can do anything about it, the building explodes. So Mick goes digging through the rubble, trying to find somebody, you know, that might have survived. He feels, of course, extremely guilty. He was he, he thought he was doing something Noble. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was fighting the correct fight or the right fight. He thought he was fighting the, 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 the fight that needed to be fought. And now he realizes that he just blew up a building full of blind children. And as he's digging around in this rubble, he, he rolls down a hill and he comes across a little shrine. Now, in the previous two issues, issues three and four, they dealt with madman on a a, a cruise ship with a, a a carnival, and there was somebody murdering people on the cruise ship, and you found out it was all the the machinations of some demon, right? A multi-eyed demon. So we see this little shrine built, and it looks like it's been built for this demon because the, there's a little a uh, little uh, uh, carving at the top of a bunch of eyes, eyeballs, basically, and there's a there's like the name of this demon carved at the bottom of the shrine and it looks all weird as far as uh, it looks like a weird name but when you read it out loud it's it's well let me let me spell it first because you got to kind of see it to understand it's y-o-o-l-d-o-o-a-z-a-y-e-s-a-e you'll do as i say that's <laughs> that's the name of this this demon well i don't know if it's the name of the demon but it's definitely something it's the title of the shrine or whatnot anyway The demon's voice comes out of the shrine. If you seek redemption, lower your eyes, boy. Have you no reverence before your God? And then we see smoke starts billowing from this shrine and we see the multi-eyed God. And he's asking Mick if he seeks forgiveness for his sins. And Mick is like, yes, please, God, forgive my sins. If, If I need to, I'll take my own life. And the demon tells him, no, you don't need to take your life. I have another one for you. There's an evil man. And he shows him the image of Frank in his in his madman outfit, because he always wears his madman outfit. And he says at this very moment, this man is on the other side of the island, plotting his next vile act. Destroy him and you shall be cleansed before the eyes of your God. And then he tells him to look under the stone and he'll find a harness and a helmet. And he is to wear these, and he will receive the god's powers. And you can see that one of the eyes on this multi-eyed god is is has been damaged, has been ruined. And if my memory serves me correctly, that was Joe. Joe did that in the previous issue, because Joe's awesome. So the guy puts on this outfit. He's given his power, and he flies off to go find Frank, basically. And then we go, well, actually, when we turn the page, we see the guy finding Frank. And Frank says, "It's you. You're real. Then why do you want to kill me?" And Mick says to him, "Knowledge comes from death's release." And then, as he blasts him through the chest with his eye beams, Frank wakes up. Frank was asleep on the sky skimmer. I think that's what this this uh, vehicle is called that they use to to leave the cruise ship and come to the wee isles. They've come here because Doctor Flem, who created the sky skimmer, his uh it's either his brother or his cousin. We'll 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 find out here in just a bit uh i just read this today and now i can't remember but frank wakes up he's on top of this sky skimmer and he climbs down because he basically he says no more naps after lunch and he says that joe and dr Flem are off looking for a phone frank goes looking for them and there's a dude hobbling down the street toward him and the guy is like he's he's a hunchback and he runs into frank And Frank's like, hey, watch it, man. And the guy just grabs him by his head and presses their foreheads together. And Frank's like, hey, now, what's with you? And the guy tells him he is one of the three. He is Nephite. Now, I think we I think we uh, met another one of the three. And I don't remember what his name was, but we don't quite know who the three are at this point, but we've met two of them. And the guy tells him basically, keep your wits about you you're in great danger. an agent of evil seeks your death and then he tells him your importance cannot be overestimated and then he walks away. Frank finds Dr. Flem then down at a, a pub called Toby's joint and Dr. Flem tells him that they 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 have come to the pub to use the phone, but his cousin is there and his cousin his name is Haggis Flem. he introduces, frank to haggis and haggis is like he's giving him the old elbow and he goes quite the lovely last you got there frank's like yeah okay thanks and so they're all gonna head back to haggis's lab because you know apparently inventing and the whole mad scientist thing runs in the family and i just want to mention it's not something that i noticed when i first read this earlier today but based on what happens at the end of the book haggis phlegm his hair is the same color as Franks, which is like a, a grayish color, and it almost has the same shape as Franks. Well, Doctor Flem says, "All right, let's uh, let's get in the uh, oh the skip ship." I'm sorry, it's not a sky skimmer; it's a skip ship. Says, "Let's get in the skip ship and head back to Haggis's lab." And Joe says, "Nah, we let we'll we'll meet you there later. We kind of want to walk around and, and see the sights." And Doctor Flem's like, "Ah, right, don't be long." And then they go flying away in their in their skip ship. Well, if you look at the cover of this book, Hellboy, who was also a, a character that appeared in, in Dark Horse comics at the time, he is going to make an appearance in this issue, and this is where he makes his appearance. I don't remember, there wasn't a lot of crossover uh, from, from these Dark Horse characters among the other books. I remember Hellboy also showing up in an issue of The Next Men that John Byrne did, but I don't, I don't remember if they were trying to build you know, a a a shared universe like they have over at Marvel and DC. Uh, if they were, they they really didn't focus on it too much. Uh, but we we see Frank and Joe they're walking around town, and uh, suddenly there's Hellboy, and he's giving out lollipops to little kids. And this woman at one point opens the window, a second story window in this building, and she leans out and she starts yelling at the kids, Sean Connor, what have I told you about taking candy from strangers? You come away from there this instant. And the kid's like, "Yes, mom," and he runs off. And he bumps into Frank as he does so. Frank has a quarter because he they're going to get something to drink out of a vending machine. Knocks the quarter out of Frank's hand. Frank goes chasing after it, and Hellboy is the one that stops the quarter with his hoof. Well, Frank has no idea who Hellboy is. Hellboy picks up the quarter and says, "Lose something?" And he 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 tosses the quarter to him, and Frank kind of freaks out a minute, and and then. <laughs> And then Hellboy offers him a lollipop, and Frank takes the lollipop, and Hellboy walks away. Joe knows who Hellboy is. She's like, that must be Hellboy. The villagers in the pub were talking about him. He's been studying the old ritual ruins on the island. He investigates things paranormal. And Frank's like, I'm not going to eat this candy that that guy gave me, and Joe says, I will. And so she takes the lollipop. Frank, however, as Joe goes to leave, he's like, shouldn't we be following that guy, and Joe's like, come on, Frank, he's one of the good guys. Well, Joe and Frank eventually make it back to uh, Haggis Flim's lab, where Haggis has built something that he calls a propeller suit that, of course, they want Frank to test out for him. That's what Dr. Phlegm is all about, creating wacky things, and then Frank has to test them out. And this suit just l- does not look safe. And uh, Haggis has even taken the time to spray paint Frank's exclamation bolt on the chest of the propeller suit. So Frank will feel a little better. And Frank, he's not really into it. He's like, you know, I was, I'm kind of on vacation. I don't really want to, want to, want to do this. And they're like, ah, come on. And this robot just comes out of nowhere and starts stripping off Frank's suit. And Frank decides, all right, okay, I can do this myself. He goes into another room, takes off of, takes off his outfit and he puts on a heat suit, but he leaves his mask on. He then gets in the propeller suit, which has roller skates on the boots, which are supposed to act as, you know, like landing wheels. Well, for takeoffs and landings. But this is going to be their first practical test. And he ends up at, well, and uh, Haggis adds skis to the bottom of the boots. And then there's a propeller on the back of the suit and they let her rip. And Frank shoots off of this pier into the water and the propeller is a whirring and he's just freaking skiing all over the water until he realizes it's, it's hard for him to see out of this helmet. And, uh, he turns at one point. He heads back to the shore and doesn't realize it. Um, and he's heading straight for the rest of them, Joe, Dr. Flem, Haggis Flem, and a couple of his robots. And he smashes into him. Haggis is just immediately angry at Frank. Ruined, you've bloody ruined my suit. And <laughs> his cousin, Dr. Flem, is telling him, you know, you need to chill out. <laughs> it's not Frank's fault. Frank always to, tries to do his best. And it's at that point that Mick Monahan shows up in his power suit. Well, he and Frank start to tussle. Mick is shooting power beams out of his hands. And as they're tussling, there's a uh, a couple of panels where we see astro man if you remember astro man from a from a few issues back dr Flem has these like helper robots that are basically these chrome spheres that float around and they have like freaking arms and hands and they're there he calls them his helping hands and they have kind of a uh, artificial intelligence and they wanted to surprise frank and they built this robot that they end up calling astro man and they uploaded all of Frank's memories into Astro Man. Well, we see in these two panels during this fight that there's like a compartment somewhere that the, the front of it slides open. Astro Man is inside and he sits up. And then we see Astro Man walking away from the skip ship. Was that what, was that what it was called? I, I don't remember now. Well, we go back to Frank fighting Mick And they're going at it. Basically, Mick is just shooting I-beams at him and shooting energy beams from his hands at Frank. And Frank's just running all over the place, trying not to get hit. And uh, at one point, Joe steps between them and yells at Mick to leave Frank alone. And Mick reaches out and grabs her by the hand and pushes, you know, swings her away, throws her to the ground. And Frank just decks him one in the jaw. Don't you ever touch her, he says to the guy. Because... I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Frank and Joe are madly in love. Well, then a big energy beam explodes between the two of them. Frank says, you missed me. Cause he thinks it came from Mick, but we see standing on a cliff above them is Astro man. He fires at Mick. Mick realizes that he's out of juice, so he can't shoot any more energy beams. And, uh, he runs off. There's a bunch of smoke around. He runs off into the smoke and, uh, Astro man thinks that he jumped into the water and he just starts blasting energy beams at the, at the, at the water. And, but, but the, but Mick gets away. Well, Frank is really happy to see Astro man. Dr. Flem tells him that he had brought Astro man along. He'd been in the, the skip ship charging up with the uh, skip ship solar battery. And Frank hugs Astro man. He's very happy to see him and thanks him for saving his life. And he tells him that he loves him. And, and, uh, but, When Mick had run away, he calls back to Frank. I'll be back, and I'll keep coming back. It's only you I want, and I won't stop until you're dead, no matter who gets in my way. And you can end this. Come alone tonight at the old church ruins on the hill. And Frank yells back at him, why not now? Because you've used up your big shot power? Let's finish it now, you weenie. (laughs) Frank is ever the, the logical one, you know? Why Why are you running away? If you want to do this, let's do it now, buddy boy. Well, they all go back to uh, Haggis's lab, and Haggis has his two robots with, like, freaking laser cannon rifles guarding the door to the lab, the front door to the, to the lab. And he's like, you know what? First of all, nobody's getting through this door. That's a security door. But if they do, then they're going to get both barrels from Drake and Bruno's laser cannons. So his robots are named Drake and Bruno. Well, Frank's not ready to go to sleep. He's, he's feeling kind of keyed up. So he tells Joe to go ahead and go to sleep, and Haggis and Dr. Phlegm go to sleep, and and uh, Astro Man needs to be recharged. And so Haggis mentions that he has, a, a, has an atomic battery in his study, which apparently is also where he sleeps, because as Astro Man is plugging in, Haggis is laying down, and suddenly, curiously, Haggis is bald. And we see that he has... He basically wears a wig, and the wig is sitting on this like a uh, fake styrofoam head on the bedside table. And and uh, Haggis is telling Astro Man, "Plug in, sweet dreams." Well, Frank ends up leaving, and uh, Astro Man notices Frank walking out the front door, and he goes up to the two robots, and he he's like, "What wh- did I just see Frank leave?" And one of the robots says, "Hey, our our orders were to keep people out, not to keep people in." And Astro Man's like, well, couldn't you have at least given him a laser cannon to protect himself? And the robot's like, negative, authorized personnel only. And so Astro Man leaves. Well, were the uh, one of the I don't know which one is Drake and which one is Bruno, but I'm assuming based on how they were standing when he said Drake and Bruno that Drake goes into Haggis's room and he's like, uh, hey, sorry, sorry to disturb your sleep, sir, but we need confirmation. Were we to keep all personnel in? as well as out. And that's when Haggis learns that both Frank and Astro Man have left. And curiously enough, Haggis's wig is no longer on that little styrofoam head. So we go to the cemetery. Frank is there. There's an old ruined church. Mick shows up. Frank does something like he's going to shoot something out of his hands and it doesn't work. And it's, it's also very noticeable that the word balloons for Frank, the little tail that goes to Frank, that points to Frank, is is kind of lightning bolt shaped, which is how both of the robots, Drake and Bruno, and Astro Man's word balloons, their tails look like too. So curious, right? Anyway, Mick lets loose with his eye beams He blasts a hole through Frank's chest. Frank doesn't seem to die because of it, but then Mick blasts him with the energy beams from his hands, which seems to just straight up incinerate Frank. And Joe comes running up and she's like, oh my God, you killed him. Why? Why would you do that? And Mick says, well, he was evil, right? He had to be destroyed, but it's over now. And she says, you are cruel and insane. Frank was pure. You're evil. How can you just kill somebody like that? What's wrong with you? And that's when the demon, we see a vision of the demon above Mick and he's laughing, and Mick realizes that he just killed another innocent person. He was just bamboozled and tricked into killing another innocent person, and he goes running off. And that's when Doctor Flam and his cousin Haggis and Bruno and Drake come running up, and Doctor flem says, "Don't don't cry, Joe. We found him." And then we see that Hellboy is with them, and he has Frank. He's carrying an unconscious Frank, who is. Comp- Basically, he, he's no longer wearing his costume. He's in his tidy whities. And, uh, we find out that Astro Man snuck up on Frank, knocked him out, took his costume and was wearing Haggis's wig on top of his head to, to pass for Frank. But now Astro Man is just, he's just gone. He's just nothing but a stain, a burned stain on the grassland. And, uh, Mick, Walks back into town. He goes into this house where the dude from the beginning of the, of the issue, the guy who gave Mick the package told him to go into the building and put it in the basement. He goes, Mick, and then the house explodes. And that's the end of the issue. Now, just to tease next time, the next issue, issue number six has Madman on the front with a character by the name of the big guy. Now, again, back at this time in the, in the nineties. Dark Horse was also publishing a, a comic book called, Ru- uh, was it The Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot? Or it might have been Rusty the Boy Robot and The Big Guy. I don't remember. But it was basically this, uh, I think Jeff Darrow did the book. I, I remember just really loving it. It was, I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Darrow because the dude just is a, is an intricate, detailed artist. And uh, the big guy is a big, big robot. And uh, I don't remember much about them other than uh rusty the boy robot was almost like an astro boy type of robot but also kind of a uh, if you remember the big boy restaurants with the the big boy that stood outside holding the hamburger that's who rusty always reminded me of the big guy and rusty the boy robot i think that was the title of it i'll have to look that up because uh if that's available on comiXology i need to reread it because i remember really enjoying it but anyway the big guy apparently is going to be in the next issue of this madman comic and, and that strikes a memory, but I don't remember the story at all, how, how he's involved, how he enters into it. But, uh, I believe he's in the next two issues. So looking forward to that, but this issue was a lot of fun. Like I said, it wasn't my favorite of the series so far. It, it's kind of a, I I would mark it a bit low compared to some of the other issues, but it had some great moments. I love the robots and I love the fact that they're named Drake and Bruno. I don't, I don't know why I don't know the the if there's any meaning behind that, those names for those two robots but I just I find it endearing for some reason. Uh again the art is top notch. Frank is just a he's just a good guy. He's just a good guy that wants to do good things and Joe is just a, a a good woman who wants to do good things and they love each other and they're just trying to get through life and you know they got this freaking Dr. Flem that Frank uh fear, feels like uh it's like he feels like he owes Dr. Flem Well, because, well, Dr. Flem and Dr. Boyford basically brought Frank back to life. Uh, but and again, Frank does not remember anything before coming back to life. He doesn't remember who he was before he died. And uh, so that's probably one of the reasons why he hangs out with Dr. Flem other than the fact that he feels obligated to. But, you know, he also considers Dr. Phlegm a friend. And and I feel like Dr. Phlegm sometimes takes advantage of that. I don't think Dr. Phlegm really considers Frank's feelings when he has him test out a lot of his experiments. However, there was the moment in this issue where he defended Frank when Haggis got all angry at him for ruining his suit, you know, because he was testing a suit that wasn't, you know, obviously this was the first test. And it didn't go well. And that's not Frank's fault. And it was nice to see Dr. Flem defend him against his cousin because I, I think, I feel like there are other situations where if it would have been Dr. Flem's suit, he might have been angry at Frank for <laughs> ruining the suit. But uh, all in all, I think when it comes down to the fact that Frank had been dreaming, you know, at least one other issue in the series, we got this foreshadowing, this dream of Frank. Where he is being killed by this dude in this suit, and finally getting to it in this issue, it it, it just I don't know it didn't it didn't quite uh, wasn't quite as meaty. Maybe it didn't it didn't have the impact that I thought it would. But still, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun issue. I just I love this book so much. It's just a fun uh, a fun romp. You know, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing to look at, and it's just a, a fun read, and and it makes you think. It makes you think deep in your head, philosophically, uh, a lot of times. Not so much this issue, but uh, still makes you think. And then the Hellboy, it's like we get this Hellboy appearance and he didn't do anything. (laughs) He passed out. He gave Frank a lollipop. He caught a quarter for Frank. And of course, he he helps carry Frank's unconscious body back to Joe. But otherwise, he really doesn't do anything. There was really no reason for him to be in this book, other than the fact that they were trying to cross-promote at this point they were all trying to you know promote each other's books cuz they were all being published under dark horse but uh yeah slightly disappointed with this one and yet still had a lot of fun with it and again i i i'm just so looking forward to continuing on with this series this has been a book that's always been near and dear to my heart since i first discovered it back in the the mid 90s and uh it's always one i i am first to recommend when somebody says hey uh I want to start reading comics. What should I read? Madman. It's fun for all ages. It's a nice, endearing, sweet adventure type story that just is just a lot of fun. And uh, I'd like to know if you guys are reading it as well. You know, have you read Madman? Are you enjoying it? Are you reading along with me? Shoot me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. And hey, I will read it out on the show. I want to reinstitute the listeners' feedback section on each of these episodes. And this would be the part if I had any listeners' feedback, or I'd say, and now it's time for listeners' feedback. And then there'd be some music. And then I would read your freaking emails. But you gotta send them to me first. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. That's that I know that's how I'm coming across, but you know, I'm still I'm still sleeping at night. It's okay. We're all right. We're all right, folks. I'm not angry at you. Don't worry about it. We're good. We're cool. We're all right i have no idea what i'm gonna do for the next episode uh next week next tuesday i can tell you that tomorrow on friday you're gonna get the 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 fourth jaf classic episode episode number four from the original just another fanboy run and uh i hope you enjoy it until then folks my name is steven and i'm just another fanboy be nice to each other Keep on rockin' in the free world. (coughs) Hey, did I happen to say the thing that I was gonna say? (coughs) Oh, I gotta pull this thing up. I gotta pull up a website. Can't do this without the website. If the website wasn't available, I'd probably still figure out how to do it, cause that's the way I roll. I roll cause I am round. Rolling across the ground, saying things that are dumb, while I try to get stuff ready for the podcast adventures, (laughs) Madman (laughs) Comics, number five. Now let's see if we can find, doo here, I was going to do, (laughs) my, my comic shop, even though it's not my comic shop. Mad Men comics number five. There it is. Boom, boom, boom. January nineteen ninety five. Okay, here we go. (coughs) Hey, you're listening to uh, just uh, stupid. (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. Let's try it again. You're listening to just another fanboy episode number two hundred and thirty. I think.
0: Bye, -bye, Daddy. Bye, bye, Daddy. Good job.